Uh, we're beginning a brand new series today that we're calling Snapshot. And what we're going to do in this series is we're going to take different areas of our lives or different areas of our faith over about the next five or six weeks. And we're going to try to wrap our minds around those areas. Does that make sense? We're going to try to better understand uh, what God wants for our lives, what it looks like to be a Christian, what is available to you, uh, and, and hopefully bring some clarity to those things. And we are going to be doing this series, and then after that I'm excited about a series that we're calling At the Movies that we're going to be going into, and we're going to be taking some, some different movies that are current, and we're going to be pulling some, some principles out of those movies and talking about those and how we can apply that to our life and how we can become better followers of Jesus. And so that's where we're going over the next couple of months. And throughout this series, Snapshot, I want to try to help us answer a couple of questions, and I believe we have these on the screen. These are some questions that we ask a lot of times. The first one is, what's that all about? You ever, you ever, you know, you give your life to Jesus or you become a Christian or you come to church and you think there's things you start noticing and you're like, what's that all about? Like, I don't really understand. What is, what is that? Why, like, why are they doing that? Why do you do that that way? What is, what's that all about? And here's the other question that we ask a lot of times. What am I allowed to do? <laughs> like, I gave my life to Jesus. Like, okay, what am I allowed to do? It's like, can I do this? Can I not do that? Can, do I have to do this? Do I need to do this? Do I, you know, do I need to stay away from that? And so, over the next five or six weeks, we're going to be answering these questions in these uh, five or six different areas of our life. And so that's kind of where we're going and kind of the way that the messages are going to be structured. And as we kick off this series today, I want to talk to you on this subject. And I stole the title of the message today from a book another pastor wrote uh, because I like the title that much. And so uh, we're going to talk today about the God I never knew. The God I never knew. So if you want to write that down as the title of the message today in part one, The God I Never Knew. And I want to ask you a couple of questions to kind of get us heading in this direction. Have you, ever, have you ever been trying to accomplish something and you didn't have the right tool to get it done? Or have you ever been in the middle of something? Come on, somebody. You've been in the middle of something and you said, I set aside my entire Saturday to do this. And you get about halfway through and you're like, I don't have what I need, you know, if you're like me, you're watching a YouTube video, and they're like, now pull out this tool, and I'm like, I don't have <laughs> that tool, and so when, <laughs> I can remember a lot of times in my life personally, even recently over the last six months, I can't remember exactly how long ago it's been, trying to fix a faucet, anybody try, ever tried to fix a faucet, this is a bathroom faucet, and I'm thinking, bathroom faucet, go in, take the faucet off, fix it, problem solved no you're taking the faucet off taking the handles off getting behind the you know it's like really why do you when you put these in you know they put them in so that you have to call somebody and pay them to come to your house and do it right that's the way it works nowadays you can't just access any and one youtube video i'm watching was like well if it's this way you have to cut a hole in your sheetrock and get behind the wall to fix the problem i'm like well dear god i hope that's not the problem because i don't want to be cutting a hole in the sheetrock to then patch the hole in the sheetrock and retexture and repaint and do all of that stuff. I don't want to do that. Thankfully, I didn't have to, but uh, it could be repairing a faucet. It could be anybody ever built a fence. You get in the middle of building a fence, and you're like, I don't have everything I need, apparently, to finish the job. Or putting together a bed. Can I get an amen? My goodness, trying to put together a bed is like, like what are all these pieces? 
right? You get it, and it's a box, and you're like, this is supposed to be a bed, and the box is like, you know, four foot by four foot. How does a bed fit in a four by four box? I don't know, but somehow they get it in there, and you're pulling all these pieces out and putting it together or hanging a TV. I remember when we moved into our house, and we're hanging the TV above the fireplace, and you got to get a certain thing to drill through the brick and then you, a certain screw to do this. And I'm like, I don't have any of that stuff. So I'm at Home Depot buying all the stuff I need to hang the TV above the fireplace and be able to drill through that brick. And when you're, when you're in the middle of doing something and you discover that you don't have the correct tool to complete it, here's, here's a couple of – we find ourselves in one of two areas, right? How many of you stop what you're doing and you go buy what you need to finish the job? Is that anybody? Okay, now for the rest of us, <laughs> how many of you, when you discover that you don't have what you need, you just improvise? <laughs> you just go finding, <laughs> you're just finding like needle nose pliers, yeah, that can pinch that together and make that turn and, you know, you're trying to figure out, you just find anything, like I'm not taking 15 minutes going to Home Depot, asking somebody where I need to get this at, buying it and coming back, I'm just going to figure out what do I have? And how can I fix it with what I have, right? So we're usually in one of two. You're either the person that I'm going to stop and I'm going to get the correct thing so that I can have the correct tool to do it because a lot of times us on the other side of that doesn't always turn out the way that it's supposed to turn out when you're just trying to improvise with what you have, right? It doesn't always fix the leak when you're just trying to fix it with what you have and not going to get the correct part or the correct tool. And so today... Uh, in this message, the God I never knew, we're going to talk about, uh, for just a few moments, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you, somebody just looked at their spouse right now and was like, why we come to church today to hear about the Holy Spirit? We don't even know, like, who is the Holy Spirit? Well, hopefully we're going to answer a lot of your questions today as we go through this message. And the reason I want to, to start this series talking on the Holy Spirit is because I fear that many of us have left the Holy Spirit out of our lives, not intentionally, but because we don't understand him. So we've left, we've left the Holy Spirit out because I don't really get that. I don't really understand that. And we're going to get into some things and some reasons why I believe that sometimes we feel this way or sometimes we intentionally leave the Holy Spirit out of our lives. But the truth is that the Holy Spirit is the tool that we need. If you want to experience life to the fullest that Jesus, I came to give you life and life to the fullest, you're going to have to have the Holy Spirit in your life. Because if you don't have the Holy Spirit in your life, you can't ever really get to the place where you're experiencing life to the fullest. And we're going to talk about that today. And I want to read you just a couple of verses as we get started. This is Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. It says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened. The Holy Spirit came down on him in the form of a dove. A voice came from heaven. It said, you are my son, and I love you. I am very pleased with you. And if we go on and we read the rest of this text, after the Holy Spirit comes on Jesus is when he goes out and, and starts his ministry. Not in the middle. Not, well... I'm going to try to do what God's called me to do, and I'm going to try to, you know, fulfill my purpose in life. I'm going to try to get this done because this is what I feel like God's saying. Then, then Jesus, he follows, you know, like, okay, 
he didn't have to get saved because he was born right the first time, so there's that. But he, he goes and he's baptized, and John's baptizing him. He's like, I don't need to be baptizing you. You need to be baptizing me because of who you are. And he says, well, it needs to be this way for now. I need to do what God has called me to do. So there's salvation, and then there's water baptism, and then there's the Holy Spirit. We see that heaven is opened up, and the Holy Spirit, in the form of a dove, comes down on Jesus and then we read on, and it leads Jesus into the wilderness, and he's tempted by the enemy. And then when he comes out of that, he, he's coming out in the power of the Holy Spirit, and he begins his ministry. He begins his work. He begins the calling that God has put on his life after he receives the Holy Spirit. So here's my question. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit when he was on the earth, do you think that you and I need the Holy Spirit while we're on the earth? We're talking about Jesus. Perfect Jesus, left heaven Jesus. They didn't take my life. I gave it away, Jesus, so that you could be saved. We're talking about Jesus. And before he started anything, God said, hey, you're going to need this. The Holy Spirit comes down. He, he goes out in the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish what God has told him to do. So I would say that we're probably a little bit foolish if we don't think that we need the Holy Spirit if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about it and talk about what the Holy Spirit does and who he is and all of those things a little bit today. And over the next few minutes, I want to try to help us better understand the Holy Spirit and what he does in our lives. And so i got three points for you today, and it's going to explain who the Holy Spirit is to you or to me or to us however you want to say it here's point number one you can write this down he's my helper many times in the bible when they're when when the bible is referring to the holy spirit it refers i'm going to send you jesus says i'm going to send you the helper i'm going to send you somebody that can help you i'm going to send you somebody that can counsel you i'm going to send you somebody that can can walk with you i'm going to send somebody that can help you is what he was telling his disciples before he went back to heaven and I want us to, to look here. Here are some things that, that the Holy Spirit, just some practical things that the Holy Spirit helps us do that maybe you haven't thought about in this way. He helps me know what to say. He helps me know what to say. I, maybe you've experienced this. Maybe you haven't. But sometimes you'll be praying. And maybe you've been praying for somebody and a scripture comes into your mind and you, you start to pray and, and you quote that scripture, you know, and after you pray, that person comes up and she's like, I just read that scripture this morning. I just read that this morning. Let me give you a very practical example that I did not know this until I got showed up today before uh, the first service started. Somebody said, did you see that I was telling them what I was, what I was speaking on while we were setting up? And I said, did you see the verse of the day? No. I did not see the verse of the day. And the verse of the day is talking about how we need the Holy Spirit. Now, how can, how can somebody, if I'm praying for somebody and I pray a scripture, and they come up to me and they're like, I just read that this morning. That's exactly what I needed to hear. That's it. How can that happen? How can it happen that in that moment I felt like I'm supposed to say that scripture in that moment? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit helping me know what to say so that you get exactly what you need in the moment. That's how much God loves you, is that he sent the Holy Spirit to do that, to be our helper. How can, how can God 
tell me, how can I know what to preach on today and where to go first in this series and then show up on a Sunday? And the, Come on, y'all. You don't get to see the verse of the day in advance. <laughs> they don't put it out until midnight. You don't get to know what the verse of the day is. So how can you show up to church and the verse of the day be talking about the Holy Spirit and God led me to talk to you about and help you better understand the Holy Spirit? It's the Holy Spirit. That's the only way. He helps me know what to say. He helps me know what to pray. He helps me know how to help you. That's what he does. And another thing the Holy Spirit does is he helps me know what not to say. Because here's what we do a lot of times, and it comes out in this form, and when I say this, you're going to be like, yep, I've done that. Here's what we do a lot of times. We'll be in a group or we'll be with somebody who's like, I really shouldn't say this. That's the Holy Spirit. I really shouldn't, I really shouldn't tell you this. But, and what do we do most of the time? I really shouldn't tell you this. But, and then if you try to back away from that, the person's like, oh, no, you got to tell me now because you said, it's something you're not supposed to tell me, so you got to tell me now. I really shouldn't say this, but, and then we say it, and then what do we say most of the time after we, I shouldn't have said that. I really shouldn't say this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. And then afterward, I'm like, oh, I really shouldn't have said that. That is the Holy Spirit. You, you think like, it's like, well, I just feel like I shouldn't say that. No, that's the Holy Spirit trying to tell you, you don't need to say that. That's not going to be helpful. That's not going to help them. Maybe it's even in the form of some kind of gossip, and you're like, well, I know I shouldn't say this about this person because they're not here to defend themselves, but I'm going to talk about them anyway in the moment. And then when you get done, well, I really shouldn't have said that about them. I really shouldn't have said that. That is the Holy Spirit. I want us to look together at a few verses that I believe help us uh, see how the Holy Spirit is our helper. It's John 16, verses 5 through 8. We're going to start there. It says, but now I am going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where, am I, where, I, where I am going. Whew. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. This is Jesus. It's better for you that I leave you. Now, how many of you in that moment are thinking, no, Jesus, it's not better that you leave me. It's better that you stay here. And Jesus says, no, it's better that I leave you and that I go away because if I don't, the advocate or the comforter, the encourager, the counselor, the helper, whatever you want to put in there, it can be translated in all those ways, won't come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Now, the first thing that I want to bring clarity to is the word convict, because most of us, if you've grown up in church, you've heard the word convicted, and it was not in a good way. Like, you should be convicted. Like, I just felt so convicted. You don't, here's what convicted means. Scary word. It means convinced. If you have a conviction about something, what does that mean? I am convinced that that's the way I need to do it. I am convinced. I am convicted that I need Jesus. I am convinced that I need Jesus. I have been convinced that this is the way that I should live my life. I have been convinced that this is so. So don't, when you see the word convict, don't freak out and think, oh, we're talking about conviction and, you know, his conviction, my conviction, their conviction. It just means convinced. So the Holy Spirit is going to convince us or convict us of some things. Here's the first thing the Holy Spirit helps us with that we see. He convicts or convinces us of sin. In John 16, 9, if you go on and read the next verse, the world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Can I put it this way? 
if you don't if you don't believe that you are a sinner, then you don't think that you need a savior. So what the Holy Spirit does is he shows you that you need Jesus. That's all that means. It does not mean that the Holy Spirit comes to put you down and make you feel guilty and make you feel condemned and make you feel bad about everything that you've ever done. That's not what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit says, you have this in your life, you just need Jesus. You just need Jesus. That's what it's saying. He's going to convict or convince the world of sin. He's going to convince you. He's going to help you in this way. He's going to convince you that you need Jesus, that you have sin in your life and you need a Savior. Here's the second thing the Holy Spirit helps us with. He convicts or convinces us of righteousness. Not right living. Not, it's of righteousness. And let me explain it to you. The next verse, I love these verses because it, it, it tells you, it explains the three things that you just read. So if you stop at verse 8, you're thinking, okay, sin, righteousness, judgment. What, what does that mean? Well, the next three verses tell us. So verse 10, righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. So why, why were they not going to see Jesus anymore? Why do we not see Jesus? Why is Jesus not still on the earth? Because he's at the right hand of God in heaven interceding for you and me. He's the one standing there so that when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. When God looks at you, he doesn't see everything that you've done wrong. He sees his son that, who died for you. He sees that all of your sin is covered by the blood of Jesus. That's what God sees. So that's where Jesus went. That's why he's saying it's better for me to be there and me to send you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts or convinces us that Satan has no more authority over us. Come on, this is what righteousness is. When you receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit's going to convince you that the enemy doesn't have any power over you anymore. The enemy doesn't have any power over you anymore. He might have in the past, but now you have Jesus in your life. So I'm going to convince you that you're in right standing with God. I love Romans 8, verses 1 and 2. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Good news. Amen. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The enemy don't have any power over you anymore. When you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is saying, no. You're in right standing with God. You're right with God. You are righteous. Not self-righteous. It's not anything that you've done. But because you received Jesus, I'm going to convince you that you are right with God. You don't have to worry or be afraid or be concerned that you are not right with God. When you receive Jesus, you are right with God. Right standing with God. So, he first convinces us that we need Jesus in our lives, and then he convinces us that we are righteous in God's eyes. And here's the third thing the Holy Spirit helps us with. He convicts or convinces us of judgment. John 16, verse 11, judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. In, in other scriptures, it talks about how Satan or the devil or the enemy, whatever you want to call him, that he was the ruler of the world at that time. Jesus, before Jesus died for you and me, that, that he was the ruler of the world, you know, and, and they would have to, to sacrifice animals and things to get in right standing with God, and all of these things were going on. And Jesus is saying that Satan has been dethroned. 
So it's not it's not that it's not that God is judging you. He's trying to convince you that the enemy has already been judged. He's already been taken off of the throne. And Jesus is on the throne. So he's trying to convince you that you need Jesus, that you're right with God, and that the enemy doesn't have any more power over you. That's what the Holy Spirit is trying to help you understand in your life. And many of us, many of us have viewed it this way, and maybe you can relate, or maybe you've known somebody that can relate, that we've we've read this verse or something like this, and here's what we've thought. The Holy Spirit tells you that you're a sinner, you're not living right, and God's going to get you. You ever felt that way? <laughs> well, why do I need the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit makes me feel bad about everything. Well, you're not living, you, you got sin in your life, you're not living right, God's going to get you. God, you better watch out, God's going to get you. That's not what, that's not what he's saying. God's not going to get you. He's trying to convince you that you need Jesus. And when you receive Jesus, now you're right with God. And the enemy doesn't have any more power over your life. He's already been judged. It's already been determined where he's going. Come on, isn't that good news today? This is, this is a perfect example. And I want you to hear my heart because I am not putting down any, I'm not putting down anybody's conviction. I'm not putting down anybody's method or anything like that. But this reminds me of people uh, I've, I've seen driving through different towns, and they'll be standing on a corner with a sign. And a lot of times the sign will say, like, repent or go to hell or, you know, you need to get right with Jesus or something to that extent. And every time I drive past that, I'm like, <clears throat> like, who, who reads that and thinks, oh, I just, well, I just feel the love of Jesus. And most of the time and and I'm not putting I'm not putting anybody down. Most of the time they look angry while they're standing out there. Like, you know, like, oh, bless God, you better repent. You know, they're like you stopped at the stoplight and they're like, you know, you, you better repent and get your life right and all this stuff. I'm like, that is like that may work for some people. That don't work for me. That I mean, that's a complete turnoff to me, but that's that to me that's this view of God saying well, you got sin in your life, and you better watch out because God's going to get you. If you don't get it right, God's going to get you. If you don't get it right, God's going to get you. And I don't believe that's the way that our God operates. The Holy Spirit comes to convince you that you need Jesus and that you are right with God and that the enemy has no more power in your life. So the Holy Spirit is my helper. He wants to help me in my life. That's point one, a lot under point one. So we're going to go through these next two a little bit quicker, but... So he's my helper. Here's number two. He's my friend, and he's not weird. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is my helper, and the Holy Spirit is my friend, and he's not weird. The Holy Spirit is not weird. If I could convince you of anything today, I hope that you would walk out of here thinking, you know what, the Holy Spirit's not weird. The Holy Spirit is not weird. Something uh, that I want to address today. I know that that all of us in the room come from different backgrounds, and we have we have people in in our church that ha didn't grow up in church at all. We have people that have a Methodist background and a Baptist background and a Lutheran background and and Pentecostal background. And, you know all these different. And can I just tell you, I love that about our church. 
I absolutely love that about our church, that it is like, just come to Jesus, right? It doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter what you grew up as or what you thought you understood but you didn't really understand or if you didn't go to church at all at any point growing up in your life, you're welcome. Just, just come to Jesus. And I love that about our church. But what I, want us, what, I, what I want us to understand today is that the Holy Spirit transcends all denominations. That the Holy, and I know we're a non-denominational church, so he transcends all denominations and all non-denominations. <laughs> he transcends everything. He, he doesn't exist in some and not in others. The Holy Spirit's not not here but not there but over here but not there but over here but not there like that's not the way the holy spirit works he does he he just simply exists and wants to be your friend the holy spirit just exists it it doesn't matter what your background is the holy spirit is there and so why do some of us feel like the holy spirit is weird and i don't know what your background is today but I believe there are some people in this room that when you heard that I was talking about the Holy Spirit, it's like, oh, he's preaching on the Holy Spirit. Like, babe, are we going to get up right now and, and leave because, you know, we, <laughs> we've had an experience with that or whatever. Here's why I believe most of us who think the Holy Spirit is weird feel that way. It's because of what you've seen or heard in another person. Somebody has said something or done something, and they've called it the Holy Spirit, and it caused you to come to the conclusion that the Holy Spirit must be weird. Well, Pastor Gabe, you don't know. I mean, I was at that one church this one time, and you don't know what I saw. And I just came to the conclusion that, you know, well, that's a Holy Spirit church, and the Holy Spirit must be weird. But can I, can I let you in on a little secret? <laughs> You're going to love this. Can I tell you that the person that made you feel like the Holy Spirit was weird, they would be weird without the Holy Spirit. <laughs> The Holy Spirit, see, here's the thing. Pe people want to talk about, you know, talk about the Bible and, well, let's, let's talk. Well, I don't, believe that, I don't believe that anybody could survive in a whale for three days. Well, I don't believe that either. But that doesn't prove the, that the Bible's not true. It just proves that God's a big God. Because I also don't believe that a virgin can get pregnant and that a man can walk on earth and live a sin-free life and give his life for you and me. It doesn't prove that it's not real. It just proves that God's that type of God. So the fact that the fact that you have seen or experienced something or somebody made you feel like the Holy Spirit is weird, the Holy that doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's weird. That means that there might be a chance that they're just weird. That they just have a weird way of presenting the Holy Spirit to you. Or making you, come on, you know what I'm talking about. You're, you're getting quiet because you know I'm telling you the truth. I've been there too, and it's like, man, it's, is the Holy Spirit weird? No, people are weird. <laughs> people are weird. And you can probably look to the person on your left and right, and if neither one of them is weird, you might need to think, I might be the one in three that's weird. People are just weird. Come on, I'm trying to free you. Because <laughs> I think we have this misconception about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not weird. Just because somebody made him seem weird, they would be weird without him. 
They might just be weird. It doesn't mean, it doesn't prove that the Holy Spirit is weird. It doesn't prove that. And who do you think is working so hard to make you and me afraid of the Holy Spirit? Who is working so hard to make us so afraid of the Holy Spirit? The enemy. Because when you read the Bible, when the Holy Spirit, when Jesus went back to heaven and the Holy Spirit came, and, and the, when the Holy Spirit first came to the people on earth, the people that were in the upper room, I don't know if you've read this story or not, but in one day, come on, this is one day, thousands of people got saved. In a moment, it was like they received the Holy Spirit and went out and started telling people about Jesus, like, oh, you need Jesus. And like 3,000 people said, yeah, we need Jesus. We need Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. That's not weird. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. He's not weird. The enemy is the one who's working so hard to try to convince us. He's, he's created all of this controversy about the Holy Spirit. And he's put, and I know, before I say this, I know we have different beliefs in this room because we all come from different backgrounds but I'm just going to tell you I'm going to tell you what just by reading the Bible and my own personal life and what I feel like God has spoken to me here's how the enemy has here's how the enemy has made us afraid of the Holy Spirit he's created all this controversy and he put all the focus on one gift and when I read my Bible I don't see one gift I see lots of gifts. But the enemy has put the focus on one gift of the Holy Spirit and created all this controversy about it and all these denominations about it and this denomination does not believe in that gift and this denomination does believe in that gift and this denomination kind of believes in that gift and this denomination believes that that gift has passed away and this denomination believes... And, and he's created all this confusion and we have created... I'm telling you the truth. We have created denominations of churches based on one gift of the Holy Spirit. One gift. That's not God. That's the enemy trying to make you and I afraid of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And what can I do? What, oh, man. Whew, people are starting to, to realize they need the Holy Spirit in their life. And so let's just do this. Let's make it confusing. Let's make it controversial. Let's get people to, to just divide over it. And then they'll start thinking, well, maybe the Holy Spirit's weird. Maybe I don't really need the Holy Spirit. And he's, can I just tell you, he's done a pretty good job. He's done a pretty good job at confusing us and making us not think that we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. One term that, that I personally don't care for, and I mean, I've used it in the past, but I personally don't care for it that's associated with the Holy Spirit, is the word evidence. The evidence that you received the Holy Spirit. And here's the only reason why I don't care for that word. I, I would prefer to use the word benefit. Because I don't want to be so focused on trying to see, like, do you have the Holy Spirit? Do you have the Holy Spirit? Well, like, well, did, evidence, like, is there evidence or whatever? No, it's like, like when you receive the Holy Spirit, there's all kinds of benefit that comes with having the Holy Spirit in your life. And that's another thing the enemy, he's got us so focused on 
trying to figure out who has the Holy Spirit and who doesn't have the Holy Spirit and who's received the Holy Spirit and who hasn't received the Holy Spirit and, and all these different things. And we've forgotten that, you know what, if I receive the Holy Spirit into my life, there's a lot of benefit that comes with it. What are, what are some of the, the benefits that come with it? There's, there's power to witness. We just talked about when, when the, the first church received the Holy Spirit, Peter gets up and preaches and 3,000 people get saved in a moment. I mean, that's power to witness right there. That's the Holy Spirit working through somebody to, to, to lead people, show people Jesus. There's love. You think about in 1 Corinthians, we call it the love chapter in chapter 13. And chapter 12 and chapter 14 is talking about leadership and talking about all these other things and talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And then right in the middle in, in chapter 13, Paul says, but if you don't have love, it doesn't matter what you have. You can, you can do all the things, but if you don't have love, none of that even matters. So we receive the benefit of love, being able to love other people and lead other people to Jesus. There's fruit that comes as a benefit of receiving the Holy Spirit, fruit in your life. There's gifts, tons of gifts that, that God wants to, to give to different people and, and allow you to, to, to operate in the Holy Spirit. In that way, there's all of these benefits that come when we receive the Holy Spirit in our lives. And what I want you to hear today before we go on to point three, is that you can be, you can be a normal, and I know this sounds terrible, but you can be a normal person and believe in the Holy Spirit. You can be 100% normal and believe in the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit and have the Holy Spirit in your life. Because the Holy Spirit's not weird. He wants to be your friend and he wants to lead you and guide you and he's not weird. So how the Holy Spirit is our helper, the Holy Spirit is our friend, he's not weird. And here's number three, he's my God. He's my God. I heard a, I heard a, uh, a pastor one time, he made mention of this, and he said that somebody told him one time when he was stepping into ministry, he said, and you need to be careful about people who talk about the Holy Spirit. Like that was his advice. Now, when you go out and you step into me, you be careful about those people that talk about the Holy Spirit. And I love the point that he made. He said, here's, the, <laughs> he said, here's what's wrong with that statement. This is basically what he said. You need to be careful getting around people to talk about God. Because there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And they operate in three different ways, but they're all one. So when you, when you start talking about, well, be careful being around people to talk about the Holy Spirit, well, the Holy Spirit's God. The Holy Spirit's God. And let me ask you a question. If, if, if I could ask you today, like, do you, do you believe in God and do you feel like you need God in your life? And you'd be like, yeah. Well, do you believe in Jesus? Do you feel like you need Jesus in your life? Yeah, we need, we need Jesus. Well, do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Do you feel like you need the Holy Spirit in your life? If, if your response is not exactly the same, there's something wrong. I'm not saying there's something wrong with you. I'm saying there's something wrong with with the way you have been led to believe about the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they all have three different roles that they play, but it's one God. One God. So the Holy Spirit is God. And if you're not afraid of God, and you're not afraid of Jesus, then why, why are we afraid of the Holy Spirit? Like, I don't feel like God's weird. 
I don't feel like Jesus is weird. But when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, it's like, mm. But if we're not afraid of God and we're not afraid of Jesus, why, why should we be afraid of the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit's not weird. The Holy Spirit wants to be your helper. The Holy Spirit wants to be your friend. And the Holy Spirit wants to be your God. So we shouldn't be afraid of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We shouldn't be afraid. I want to, to read you something that describes the Holy Spirit in our lives. I found this that was put together not by me but by somebody else. And I thought, man, that just so clearly articulates what the Holy Spirit is in our lives. And I believe it gives light to why we need him. And I want to go ahead and invite the worship team to come back up. It says, the Holy Spirit intercedes through us on earth. The Holy Spirit calls and qualifies ministers for their work. It is the Holy Spirit that makes them overseers over the flock. He hears, speaks, teaches, and guides us into all truth. Does, does any of this sound bad yet? He glorifies Christ, receives from Christ, shows us Christ, and brings all of Christ's words to our remembrance. It is better for us that Jesus left so that he could come. He shows us things to come, knows the deep things of God, searches all things, and reveals all things. Where he is, talking about the Holy Spirit, there is liberty. The writers of the Bible spoke as they were moved by him. We are worried not to grieve him or quench we are warned not to grieve him or quench him. The sin against him is unpardonable because sin against him is against the only one who can reveal the Son to us. Unless a man is born of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. We are convicted by him, born again by him, led by him, filled with him, and sealed by him. The Holy Spirit is not weird. And we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because he leads us and guides us and directs us, brings the things that Jesus wants to share with us to our remembrance. He helps us know what to say. He helps us know what not to say. He wants to be our friend. None of these things, None of the, it, we have no reason to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. What I think we're afraid of is people. We're afraid of the people who have to some degree done something or said something or made us feel like the Holy Spirit is weird and we came to the conclusion that the Holy Spirit is weird and it's not, it does not prove that the Holy Spirit is weird, it just proves that people do weird things sometimes but we need the Holy Spirit in our lives we need the Holy Spirit in our lives, I want to tell you a story as I wrap it up and then we'll pray and, and sing one final song but I was reminded this last week of a time when we were we were uh, uh, at, a, at another church before we came here, and and we felt led, my wife and I, just during worship, we're worshiping and, and we're singing, and and we just felt this inside of us. It was the Holy Spirit, and we felt like there was somebody that was sitting across the way. There was a couple, and we were supposed to write them a check for a certain amount of money. I mean, like it was like it was a certain amount of money. It wasn't like write them a check and just choose or whatever. No, we felt like it was a certain amount of money and so we're like okay God you know like most of us do when it involves money we're like God is that really you you know like the, like the enemy would ask you to do something to bless somebody right <laughs> like I can t let me just free you there the enemy's not going to ask you to give anybody anything <laughs> but 
So we're like, God, is that you? Is that you? You know, and, and so, of course, we were like, okay, it's, it's definitely the Holy Spirit speaking to us to do that. And so after church, we go to them. We're like, hey, we don't even know you, <laughs> but we feel like we're supposed to give you this, and we gave it to them. And then the next week, we come back, and they come up to us and tell us because they didn't look at it then. They, just, they were like, oh, thank you so much, and left. And, and they came back to us, and they said, we just wanted to tell you that what you gave us was exactly what we needed because we've been in a hard spot and it was exactly what we needed to finish paying all of our bills for this month. Can I just tell you, that's the Holy Spirit. And the person who told us to do that is not a weird person. The person that told us to do that is a person that cares so much about them that he was going to speak to us to be their blessing so that they could they could say, man, God sees me right where I'm at. He knows that I'm struggling. He hasn't forgotten about me. That's not somebody that's weird. That's somebody that loves you. That's somebody that wants to work through you and, and, and lead you to do things so that, that people can be blessed. Come on, our word for the year, overflow. Allowing what, what God has given us to overflow into other people. The way that you do that is you allow the Holy Spirit to tell you what to do with what God has given you. Will you stand to your feet today? I'm going to bring our prayer team down. Here's what I want to do. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to pray, and I, I, want, I want to do this, and then we're going to give you, we're going to open it up, and you can come down and allow, uh, allow us, one of our prayer team members, to pray for you if you have anything going on in your life. But before we do that, I want to ask you this question. If you're here today, and your first step today is, is salvation. My, and you just know right now, I know that this is the step I need to take. I just need to give my life to Jesus so that I can, I can receive everything that he has for me and I can receive life to the fullest. And so if that's you and you say, you know what, I need forgiveness and, and I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, we're going to pray a prayer. And I believe if you just pray this prayer in your heart and you just mean it in your heart, then I believe you can walk out of here today in right standing with God. You can walk out of here knowing that that this it, that 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 my life has changed forever that i now have someone on the inside of me who can lead me and guide me to help me to make wise decisions so can we do this just all of us and i want all of us to pray this out loud just in support of those who are making this decision for the first time come on this is an incredible moment just pray this say jesus i need you i admit that i'm a sinner and I need you in my life. So today I receive your forgiveness. I receive what you did on the cross. And I thank you for giving me new life. Thank you for saving me. I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate those who made that decision for the first time today? And we're going to sing one final song, and, and we want you to know it's our honor to be able to pray with you. So if you have anything going on in your life, or if you're here today, and, and you say, you know what, I, I feel like now it's like my, my, my goal at the end of this message for, was for everybody in this room to go, oh, oh, <laughs> just, just like that. Just, oh. And to understand that, that we need the Holy Spirit. And so if you're here today, and you, you want to receive the Holy Spirit. It's not anything weird. It's not anything weird. And I know we have a lot of people in our church that have received the Holy Spirit. But if you're here and you say, you know what, I want the Holy Spirit in my life, would you just come down and let us pray 
for you. I believe you receive the Holy Spirit the same way you receive salvation. It's by faith through grace. So we're going to pray with you. And we're going to believe that that Holy Spirit, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. You're going to receive that power and that God's going to begin to work through you in that area. So God, I pray right now that you would draw every person today who needs prayer. I thank you for what you're doing in this building today. And as we sing this song, we worship you. We lift up the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, draw every person who needs prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.